You've tuned into The Dr. Lowe Show with naturopathic doctor, Dr. Lauren Noel, where you hear the best in natural medicine, nutrition, and mindset from the world's top doctors, authors, influencers, and Dr. Lowe herself. Trying just to pop a pill for a symptom? You've got the wrong exit. Seeking doable ways to live a happier, healthier life and have fun doing it? Welcome to The Dr. Lowe Show. Well, hello, my darlings. It's Dr. Lowe. Welcome back for another episode. It's good to have you. I'm here recording at my office at Shine Natural Medicine, which is a nice change of things. Usually I'm recording from home, but I have patients today. And um, yeah, I'm grateful to be in a business that is still open during this whole COVID season. We are an essential business, so we're helping patients get healthy, stay healthy. And if you are local to San Diego, we are also offering COVID antibody testing. So definitely take advantage of that. If that's something that you are interested in, you can contact the office, uh, check us out, shinenaturalmedicine.com. Happy to help. Also too, if just COVID aside, I know that's like the topic on everyone's minds right now. So let's put that aside. If you are dealing with anything health-wise that you would like to have addressed, perhaps you have some, some symptoms that you are suspecting could be hormone related. Maybe you have some digestive issues. That's probably why you clicked on this show topic because it's something that you're dealing with at the moment. Um, or, you know, you just want to get a baseline and optimize where you're at currently. I would be happy to work with you. We have a team of doctors here at the office. I also am accepting patients right now. So let's, let's work together. Let's do some testing and get to the root of what's going on. So the way that I work, I, the first appointment is an hour. That's where we do a full intake, go through your whole health history. It's a long, you know, 20 plus page, um, you know, packet I have you fill out just to kind of start to connect the dots of the symptoms you've been dealing with, your health history. And then from that visit, I order whichever labs I think are important to do at that time. And then typically that includes full blood work, uh, deficiency testing, oftentimes we'll do hormones. And then from there, oftentimes we'll check, you know, gluten or other food sensitivities and also stool testing is common too. At the next point, we go over those results. And then at that time I put together a full plan, a comprehensive plan and then we retest in a few months and see how things have improved. And it's a, it's a framework I've used for 10 years now. And it is truly remarkable the changes we see. People who come in who have had, quote unquote, incurable conditions, things that they felt like they were going to just have to manage for the rest of their life, they, they're getting better. They're reversing even autoimmune disease. So it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. I would love to work with you, like I said, so you can contact us, shinenaturalmedicine.com, and we can get things figured out. You don't have to be local to San Diego. If you're out of state, we can do things over the phone, and that's pretty straightforward. So let's see. What do I want to mention? We are really close to finding a, a new location for my clinic, Shine Natural Medicine. It's a, It's been a wild experience. It's funny because I had Dr. Jill Krista on the show a few weeks back, and the whole topic was about mold. And it was such a God thing that I had that topic kind of come into my, my world because it turned out that the place we were looking at is, has a good chance it's crawling with mold. So we're looking into that now, getting the proper testing done. But isn't it funny how people come into our life that are meant to teach us something for what could happen later? So it's just really cool to look back and see um, that there was, you know, God was looking out for me. 
So I'm very grateful for that. But um, keep, you know, you can stay on the loop with us over on our Shine Instagram. And we're doing our best to uh, kind of share the behind the scenes on that. And yeah, so let's talk about the topic of the gut. You guys know that your bacteria in your digestive tract is paramount to your overall health, especially gut health. So you actually have 10 times more bacteria in your body than you have actual cells in your body. So let me repeat that. You have 10 times more bacteria than you have human cells. So technically you're more bacteria than you are human. (laughs) And the actual bacteria in your gut weighs about 20 pounds. So yes, it's lighter than you are, but you're technically outnumbered. And instead of letting that freak you out, it should be empowering because the health of the bacteria determines your health. If you want to be healthy, you need to have healthy bacteria. The types of foods you eat feed the bacteria and also the types of supplements and you know lifestyle habits you have determine it as well. There are a few basic kind of wellness supplements I encourage my patients to do. One is a multivitamin. Another would be a good quality omega-3, so fish oil. And then another one would be probiotics. So the reality is we don't have very good fermented foods in our diets unless you want to do things like kimchi or sauerkraut. Not everyone likes those kinds of foods. So I am a big fan of using a probiotic every single day. You know, I'm a fan of Organifi. And this is another area that they've had a a really good quality product be released. So Organifi Balance is one that I'm a huge fan of. They're basically portable packs. So you just tear it off, put it in a glass of water, and it has 20 billion CFUs, so colony forming units. And these... It's about 20 servings of yogurt with one one packet. So it's very high dose and it's also dairy free for those who are sensitive to that. And a couple different things in it that I especially like. One is that it has Saccharomyces boulardii. So this is actually a beneficial yeast. It's fine for people who have yeast issues, but it is a nutrient that essentially helps you, especially if you've done a lot of traveling, it helps prevent potential harmful germs um, from creating a home in your GI tract. It also has Jerusalem artichoke. So this is a what's considered a prebiotic instead of a probiotic. So it's the bacteria that feeds, it's a food that feeds the good bacteria. So, you know, you can take probiotics all day long, but if you're not giving it the fuel that it needs to stay put, then you're not going to be having live bacteria. You're just going to poop out what's there. <laughs> you know, TMI, I'm the queen of TMI. So Jerusalem artichoke is the best food source of a prebiotic, and it has that included in it. So it really increases the chances that it's going to stay in your your system. Um, I could talk all day about this product. There's lactobacillus rhamnosus, and this is a bacteria, a, a beneficial bacteria that has been studied to stimulate the immune system, which all of us want to be doing more right now, and maybe three or four other ones that I could talk about, but I don't want to talk all day about it. So anyway, I'm a fan. It's called Organifi Balance. You can get yours over at Organifi.com. So it's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And then at checkout, enter Dr. Low 20. So D-R-L-O-2-0. And you get 20% off of that. Um, and, you know, they have specials on their website, but I think the most is like 10, 13%, something like that. So you get hooked up. And that includes that or any products on their website, which I'm obsessed with their green drink too. Big fan of that. All right. That's 
all I got for you. Let's jump into the show. We're going to be talking with my buddy, Reed Davis, all about gut health. Hey guys, so we have a very special guest on the show. We have Reed Davis, and I've known him for years now, but it's his first time on the podcast. I'm really excited to talk all things gut health, and you know me, I don't shy away from talking about poop. I think we all need to talk about it more. We all do it, so let's all keep it real. So Reed is an expert in functional lab testing, data-guided health-building protocols, and holistic lifestyle approaches. He's widely known as one of the most successful and experienced functional lab educators in the world, having provided functional assessments to over 10,000 clients as a clinical nutrition therapist and teaching over 3,000 health coaches and allied health professionals about hormone, immune, digestion, detoxification, and nervous system issues. So I'm really happy to have you. Welcome to the show. Lauren, it's so good, and thanks for inviting me on, and I hope we help some people today. We've both been doing this a long time, so see where it goes. Yeah, let's do it. Well, we were talking before recording that it's so important to stick to the basics and keep talking about the basics because I think as humans, we're all little rabbits. We go down rabbit trails or squirrels, really. We get distracted and kind of forget just the basics, and so... The gut is the root of, of everything, right? It's the root of, of our entire body function. Um, so, you know, I think it's important that we talk about it. And um, so let's let's dive into it. So, well, first off, I, I'd love to know your personal story. I've never really heard it before. So why are you even into the health industry anyway? I'll make it short and sweet for you. You know, and, and it is really uh, uh, a miracle um, business, you know, I, I love helping people and I probably was always destined to do this, but, uh, back in the nineties, I had graduated from a environmental law program and I was saving the planet. So I was, you know, air, birds, water, trees, bees, and, and saving, you know, everything. And I, what I started realizing is if all these plants and, and, uh, the water's pollute, you know, fish and birds are dying and, and all this, I thought, what is the environment doing to people? including me. I didn't have any health problems, but I just thought it was, uh, and I had, you know, family and stuff. I'm like, wow, I got to study that too. And uh, simultaneously, I switched jobs and went into this wellness center to run run the office. And I, the owner took me to some nutrition classes and, and I just, she was getting her diplomat in um, nutrition, uh, this physician there. And and said I could go as their helper. And then, this is a miracle, she let me work on her patients in between my nutritional therapy classes, which is just an opportunity that doesn't, you know, fall in your lap very often. So, and I, that's when I fell in love with the clinical side of the business, working one-on-one -on -one with Mr. Smith, or mostly Mrs. Joneses, you know, women mostly, but, um, and I was just amazed at how, this is the biggest problem that I saw. Everyone walking in the door, Lauren, and you know this, they'd already been to four or eight or 10 practitioners already, and they still had their original or most of their original health complaints. And I just thought, you know, as that law thing and the consumer advocacy and saving the planet that like, wow, this is another chance to do some 
some good work, do some good in the world, and save these people the money and the time and the trials and the tribulations and the, the cycle of trial and error. And I thought, and this was naive, of course, because I didn't know anything at the time, but I thought, I'll be the last person you need to see. No more, you know, I don't want to be number eight out of 14 people you've seen and, and you, that you continue with that cycle. So I started running the lab work. Everyone kind of knows I ran more lab work than anybody, any five practitioners in the first decade of this century. There, there, nobody ran that many labs. According to the labs, they're like, who, who the hell are you? Right. And I was doing it because I didn't know you couldn't do it. You know, I just, that's just what I did. Yeah. And I so I noticed, I noticed, yeah, I noticed some patterns. I noticed some things. I learned a lot. I had great mentorship. But through just studying and, and recognizing patterns, I came up with a system that heretofore had not really existed. And, then, and now I've been teaching that for 12 years. That's amazing. I love the boldness with it. And, and it's clearly very mission driven. You, you want to help people and you're on a mission to uncover the answers that people aren't getting from their conventional doctors, unfortunately. Well, as a naturopath, you get it totally. I mean, that's what you went to school for and studied. My, my school was working in an office sometimes seven days a week, you know, and then going out and lecturing and, and screening. I had all these health screenings I was doing to get to drive business and uh, just sheer volume and experience. And a lot of it's just sort of learned old fashioned hard way. Um, you yeah. know, making mistakes and seeing what works and what doesn't. But again, my strength, I guess, if I have one is interpreting fairly complex stuff, making it easy. Like you started and said with the basics, Mm -hmm. uh, if you don't have those, then it doesn't matter about all the bells and whistles much, does it? Mm -hmm. No, it doesn't at all. Well, that's, that's awesome. It's a beautiful, you know, story of what got you into this. And, and also too, I love that you really educate, you know, like health coaches and also like personal trainers, for example, I've, I've had friends who are personal trainers and they would have clients who would do all the things that they would say and weren't getting results and weren't losing weight and would beat themselves up about it. And it wasn't until they did your training, you know, the FDN training and gave them different suggestions, different guidance, did whatever they were able to do. And in, in certain cases, it's kind of beyond them and they'll refer to a doctor to take it from there. But in a lot of cases, they're able to give them the tools that they need to finally get the results that they were hoping for in the first place. Yes, you mentioned the, the personal trainers and such, and uh, some of my first trainees or graduates were personal trainers and nutritionists and just allied practitioners because I wasn't a physician. You know, I could never get out a prescription pad. Right. So I had to really dig deep and find out what's the underlying cause or condition and, and address that, uh, we say, at the causal level and, and get people to do things. You know, it's not what you do in the visit, the office visit. It's what you do in between the office visits. True. And home, that <laughs> yeah. matters. I mean, yeah. So so it was, and, and that's pretty, um, again, e easy to teach the someone who's open to learning and, yeah. and helping people on that deeper level. Absolutely. Lab testing is the biggest tool for me that helps patients to be compliant because it's not subjective in that case. They see it. They're it gives them a sense of reality and then it's something that we can monitor over time, especially with, with gut testing. So, so talking more about digestive health, you know, what are the basics that need to be in place to have it working properly? And then we can go into what kind of goes awry. 
<laughs> well, when it comes to eating, which is one of my favorite things to do, you know, it, it, in digestion, it, it could actually start with your, your mindset and sitting down and being at peace and thinking about nurturing your body and choosing really good food. And then, of course, as you prepare it properly and uh, make sure it's fresh and wholesome and, you know, not too much packaging and preservatives and all that junk, you know, mm -hmm. you could start way back. Or you could dig right into the chewing your food and goes in the stomach and acid breaks it down and protein starts uh, to, to uh, get digested. But it's the small intestine that people call the gut. When you talk about gut, you're almost always talking about small intestine, which is a, a very complex environment. And, uh, you know, we, we teach, of course, all the anatomy and physiology and biochemistry of that. But if you try to keep it simple, you know, you've got the mucosal barrier, the interior skin, which is supposed to let food through so you can nourish your body. You're made of food. We're made of food. Right. You know, and it's <laughs> true. It, it's remarkable. You might as well be made out of some good food. <laughs> Again, I love I love eating. but um, And also, though, that second has to protect you from the environment and what's in it and all the bad things, which is, you know, the, it's where we started, environment. And so you can... A lot of germs and, uh, you know, bacteria, even parasites, spores, fungal things, uh, viruses, of course, you know, they're coming down the pipes, including into the lungs, which is a different story. But, but that, too, even the lungs have their mucosal barrier. You know, this idea of maintaining a healthy mucosal barrier, it's, it's depending on who you listen to. Mark Harmon says it's 80% of your immune system. He's a pretty smart guy. So I'll go with that, you know. And um, and so not only do we have to chew and eat and digest and assimilate, absorb the nutrients because we're made of food and our body uses uh, the nutrients, the phytonutrients, the amino acids, the vitamins, the minerals, the antioxidants and things. It uses all that for, for function. So you need all that in, but you've got to keep out the bad things so you can stay healthy. And of course we get compromised over time mm -hmm. and it doesn't always go in the way we want it to. Yeah. No, I love that, that we're made of food. It's like, do you want to be made of McDonald's or kale? You decide. <laughs> yeah. And you well, can, you can see if you look at your cells under a microscope, you can literally see what you're made of. So that's, it's beautiful. It's like, we're from the earth. And I mean, we're, we're made of similar elements that the earth is made of, but truly we are continually building our ourselves with what is coming from the earth so i think that's a really cool um cool concept yeah. i haven't thought of it like that yeah and you can see it on, you can see it on a lot of different types of tests like even you know something as simple as a hair tissue mineral analysis what do you mean mm -hmm. well, you're looking at elements that are in the earth and yeah. uh, it's, it's kind of interesting right totally one of my favorite tests is um is a lab from SpectraCell, the micronutrient test, and um, or we'll use it from Vibrant America too sometimes, depending on insurance. But um, it's so cool to see, you know, how your vitamin levels, how your mineral levels, your antioxidants, and it's it's fascinating because the things that are most efficient are the nutrients that are most efficient are the ones when we look at their diet that they're not getting in their diet. So it's it's just really empowering for them to then see food as medicine truly, and not just something to stuff in their mouths or not. You know, like if you have a lot of sugar cravings, for example, you could be low in zinc or chromium. So it starts to connect these dots. Um, and then also too, a lot of times seeing which deficiencies there are, it can give some 
clarity as to what could be going on with the gut. Like if there's a lot of minerals deficient, it's probably a stomach acid issue or, um, you know, something to that effect, like a B vitamin deficiency could be another, like a stomach acid thing. I'm sure you see that a lot with stomach acid. Well, yeah. And therein lies the rub of, Mm -hmm. uh, the, some of the nutrient testing, because often you don't know, is it a quantitative deficiency? You're not getting enough of that Right. food or that constituent that's in your diet or is it an assimilation problem right totally and, and yeah because if you just start pounding down what looks like it's missing then you can actually throw yourself more out of balance so you yeah. need to have the quantitative that's good from those totally yeah i mean if a patient's like i eat all of those foods all the time and that's like okay well let's look at the gut let's do some stool testing let's see if you have a malabsorption issue so how, in your experience, how common do you see digestive like pathogens or dysfunction when you, when you do the testing? Well, <laughs> I think population. at least 50% for me, like the people who I'm testing at least, at least 50%, maybe even more, but I'm yeah. suspecting it. Yeah. Um, very, 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 very common. And yeah. it's something that you always look for. So you, mm-hmm. you have to assess uh, you know, as a as a uh, naturopathic type, you know, we we don't want to just um, look at a cluster of symptoms and go to the immediate guess. You know, even run right. a test on that and then treat the paper. We exactly. want to look at a at, at a constellation of function. So we look at the hormones, the immune system, digestion and assimilation, and mm-hmm. uh, of course detoxification, as you mentioned, Rizzi. So you you want to look at all those functions on every client because if they come with these clusters of symptoms and some have multiple clusters of symptoms how the hell do you know what's causing it if you yeah. don't go look upstream and are you going to pick one thing like focus you know just on one thing or are you going to look at uh as many um healing opportunities as you can identify yeah so we run a number of labs as a comprehensive standard intake and gut has to be in the mix mm-hmm yeah, 100% agree with that completely. So let's say someone listening is thinking, well, I don't really have digestive symptoms. That's fine and all, but you, you and I both know that they can have dysfunction without having digestive symptoms per se. So what would other kind of symptoms or conditions be where they may want to have their GI tract screened? You know, it's funny because any symptom that you have can be attributed to a nutritional uh, deficiency, or like we said, in, inability to assimilate things, um, and they aren't necessarily related. So, in other words, person could say, "Well, I don't have any digestive systems." They're thinking of pain in that area: heartburn, gas, indigestion, bloating, diarrhea, right. constipation. So, look for those. I don't have any of that. Okay. Well, what about um, mood disorders? Could those possibly be related to gut dysfunctional? Absolutely, because if you're not breaking down and assimilating amino acids from the proteins that you eat, then yeah. you're going to have neurotransmitter, neurotransmitter imbalances and deficiencies. And you could just feel like crap, but it has nothing to do with digestion from yeah. your point of view. So totally. we never leave it out. The, 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 I call it metabolic chaos. And there's complexities that um, are hard to figure out if it's not your business, if you don't study it, if you don't uh, become aware. And that's, again, how, you know, I, I had to find out all this the hard way, running thousands of labs and thousands of people, mm-hmm. getting very good 
consultation, you know, uh, um, mentoring of sorts, but, you know, figuring out in the streets, so to speak. Yeah. And so I never ruled, you know, you don't, you can't say uh, uh, that it's not related somehow to digestion and assimilation. Mm-hmm. 100%. Just, just, yeah, so name I, a symptom that I could probably tie, tie, you know, give you a possible scenario where it could go back to what you're eating or whether you're digesting and absorbing it or not. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I see that too. Um, one of the, my favorite light bulb moments that goes off is with the patient, usually a woman that's, again, going back to the weight loss thing, not to make it all about that, but just so frustrated they can't lose weight. And we go over a stool test and they have, they're just crawling in infections. A lot of times parasites, bacteria, candida. And they're like, is this possibly a link to why I can't lose weight? And when I tell them, absolutely, it's like, sometimes they get tears because it's, it's not their fault. It's this constant hormonal chaos, like you say, that's happening that throws off their insulin, throws off their cortisol. So um, it's, it's cool to be able to connect those dots. Yeah, well, diet will do that because, you, but here, here's an interesting thing for people to think about. We have, and you and I, we, we have uh, patients or, or clients who um, have blood sugar problems mm-hmm. because they purposefully upset their carb metabolism functions. You know, they're eating crap. They're mm-hmm. spiking their blood sugar, the insulin's kicking in, uh, and then it goes down. You know, the blood, it'll drive the blood sugar down. Now, cortisol, you, your body actually responds with a stress response. Now, cortisol will kick in. What? To raise the blood sugar back up. So mm-hmm. you're eating and it's fluctuating your blood sugar and that's causing stress, which can just, again, this idea of cascading and metabolic chaos, just, it all kicks in. Yeah. And, but, and it's interesting yeah. to me how the symptoms of low blood sugar are the same as like PMS, cranky, right. irritable, you know, it's amazing, you know. Now, so we, we look at, yeah, you can screw yourself up by eating wrong, but there are people who eat perfectly I mean, they really eat well, yeah. yet they too have these carb metabolism issues. Mm-hmm. It's because it's a two-way street. Something that causes metabolic chaos is affected by metabolic chaos from other areas. Mm-hmm. And so you better be able to sort out metabolic chaos if you're going to be a successful health practitioner. And Yeah, exactly. Build, you know, and I love that you do a lot of the testing beyond just digestive. So looking at the hormones, because let's say a person has just flatline adrenals and they have a gut infection. Well, until they get those adrenals supported as well, it's going to be hard to get rid of the infection, right? Yeah, you, you got to work on the, the hormones, yep. uh, get those balanced, mostly by reducing stress, but the stress could be mm-hmm. coming from the gut. And again, it's always a two-way street. When I, when I draw arrows between these functions, I, they're pointed on both ends. Yep. Because uh, if you're all stressed out, it can cause gut dysfunction. How? Well, cortisol suppresses the, your main immunoglobulin, secretory IgA. So what protects, what we talked about the mucosal barrier, and SIG-A or secretory IgA has a big uh, part to play in that. So if that's suppressed, well, then bugs, you know, and germs and things that you ordinarily would be able to defend yourself against. Right. body's pretty good at it, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, usually a really healthy person can take on some fairly virulent uh, type of germs, bacteria, and so on. Um, whereas a person who's immunocompromised because of stress cannot. Right. Sick people just get sick. 
and they get they get everything. Yeah, really healthy people hardly get sick at all. That's mm -hmm. the truth. That's that's as basic as you can get. You know, yeah, today I, I'm I'm compelled to raise this issue of the current um, epidemic or pandemic yeah. that's going around. It, Let's go there. It seems like. Well, you know, we just talked about being immunocompromised. It's my contention that the people who die from COVID, they're already down to the five-yard line. Right. And COVID is just what pushed them across. You know, it's, and, and so we're attributing all these deaths to COVID. And um, it's really just what got them over the line. They were already highly compromised. Yeah, and, um, exactly. I'm going to say that's a good thing. So more people are dying with it. And actually, from it, in my I love opinion, that. that's and, a that's yeah. a really good way to talk about it. And and you know, the death rate in the U.S. is higher than than other countries. Maybe not all of them. I know the stats are always kind of changing, but I do think that that largely is due to the fact that we have the most chronic disease, high blood pressure. A lot of people are taking ACE inhibitors, which I know the virus can target those those receptors in the lungs. So that's one big piece. Diabetes. You know, heart disease, people, there's a lot of chronic disease here because of this dysfunction of our medical system. So yeah, and, and there's there's leaky guts galore, right? I mean, just the, with the standard American diet, and I do agree with you. I think that's a huge reason why. I mean, 80% of your immune cells, like we said, line your GI tract. So if they're continually fighting off battles in the gut, they're obviously going to be compromised when it comes to fighting a foreign invader like a virus. Yeah, and this one is particularly troublesome uh, because it uh, transmits so so abundantly and, and uh, voraciously, you know. Some of the epidemics of the past were caused by, like, mosquitoes. You know, you, you get, that's the carrier. Or right. in the days of the plague, it was uh, bugs on rats or something. Well, here, we're the carriers. So it's, it's really um, a nasty thing. But at the same time, and, and you might be right about that. I haven't checked on the stats. Are Americans sort of dying more than other countries? It could be. I like, I, I'm going to quote uh, my good friend Tom O'Brien here, who you know well. Yeah. Um, he, he loves to say that, you know, out of the top 40 countries, so far as health goes, America is ranked second, second from the bottom. Yeah. And it's 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 no surprise that uh, we we get sicker quicker and um, more people are dying because they are again they're already down to the five yard line the the sad diet the environment the the kind of stress you know and other other factors of course they're all epigenetics uh, um, we, we might have a lot of people with good genetics here but epigenetically speaking it's not a healthy country yeah exactly and I and I do agree with you that stress is a central piece to that. And I think now in our current, you know, 2020 reality, it's, it's, it's much different than, you know, 50 years ago and our bodies are, are the same and what we're designed to withstand and do physiologically. So we have to continually go back to what conditions were like before and do as best we can to mimic that now. So keeping stress as low as we can. And I, and don't like stress out about the fact that you're stressed because that just makes it worse. So just think about mm. you can decrease the stress or set some boundaries for yourself because that, you know, that affects digestion and your immune system significantly. And then the other side of it too, is there are a lot more toxins in our environment, in our food, in our water that we haven't been evolved to withstand. 
and that weren't there even just a handful of decades ago. So beyond just stress management being a central part of our self-care, more so now than ever, we also do need to bring in that other piece of daily detoxification, right? So what are some, some strategies or tools that you recommend for people just to keep detoxification as a part of this? Because this does relate to gut health. The more dysfunction of your gut you have, the more your liver has to work extra hard to handle you know, the to- toxicity that, that happens. Yeah, it's a good question. So the the formula that I use is going to have an effect on every cell, every tissue, every organ, every system, the entire organism. In other words, you or your patient. It will have an effect on every part of them. And that includes detoxification, but also includes the nurturing side. So with proper and sometimes corrective diet, corrective sleep, corrective exercise, stress management, or in especially stress reduction, and then supplementation. So uh, that, by the way, spells DRESS, D-R-E-S-S, and that's a neat, that's how come I remember it so well. Diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, supplementation. So if, if you use that approach, then it addresses, again, any problem. I'm not a doctor. I can't diagnose and treat anything specifically, and found out that a, a system of applying wellness principles works better. Um, if a person has a true medical condition, this will work around the edges of it until it either disappears or it's so you know, focused that you can you know, eliminate a lot of the uh, drugs and, and other things you go to a doctor for. Mm-hmm. I mean, d- medical oversight is important. And in this process of healing, uh, the people I teach, like health coaches and those, they're, they're the junior partner in, in if a person has a true medical condition. But otherwise, anything that has to do with lifestyle, epigenetics, holistic grounding, that's our backyard. Yeah. That's our sandbox. And so we're, we're experts in those things. Uh, what diet's right for you? Um, what about that sleep thing, you know, and yeah. the exercise thing and the stress management thing? Now, this is stuff that doctors don't have time to do for the most part. You're a different you As a naturopath, you, you have a different um, outlook on it. You don't want to just treat the symptoms with mm-hmm. the prescription. You, you, you know, we're in the same field kind of, but except your license. And, um, and that's probably a good thing because yeah. some of what you do is, you know, could be considered risky you know so i i don't take risks you know we get people eating right <laughs> i don't know about well, that i, mean, I think not, you take some risks yeah. I, I know you go on that harley davidson and get out there with your leather coat i think you're i think you're yeah you're yeah i jump out of airplanes um i i go in shark cages and <laughs> really and stuff really? oh yeah yeah there's nothing like it um and uh goodness uh my son and i actually planning a, a motorcycle trip uh, in the next couple of weeks, we're just going to freaking take well, off. That's because you've taken uh, such good care of your adrenals and your hormones and your gut, right? I mean, it does. It increases resilience. It has you have more confidence and oomph to do what you do in your life. So, um, you know, I'm going to take that well, as Lauren, you, I'm going to I'm going to just pay you that compliment right back because I've known you for, for many years uh, and you always seem in good shape. You're always smiling. You're always looking good. And uh, <laughs> I do it, my what best. It's called, <laughs> Well, for everyone listening, you know, it's called walking the talk. Yeah. I don't think you could be a good 
No, no, you're you're a physician, but you also coach people. You know that your style, your is to coach up function and coach down the contributors to metabolic chaos. We we coach up function. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's really just nurturing of every part of, part of you, uh, from the spirit and the, and the emotions to to the gut and to every cell, tissue, organ, and system. Mm-hmm. While we help people eliminate those things that are quote unquote bad for you, <laughs> yeah. keep it in simple terms. So it, it it's very similar. And and in order to get people to follow and do what you ask them to, the lab work is critical because showing them the hard data is very inspiring and motivating, as you mentioned earlier. But showing them what it's like to live that way is also another good way to get people to listen. You, know, you got to yeah, walk the talk. 100%. Well, let's go into more specifics. So what would be, you know, I can share some of the things I see a lot. And, and what are some common um, gut pathogens that you see maybe over the years? And I'd love to know if there's something that's more like recent things that you see. You know, it's um, there's there's still the same same old stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. we see a lot. Of, just generally speaking, bacteria, funguses, and parasites. You know, we're seeing the H. pylori all over the place. The crypto, yeah. the blasto, the um, giardia. We see the um, especially if people are on trips and traveling. Uh, Clostridium. Mm-hmm. We see just just these sort of they're, they're bacterial overgrowth or actual parasites, little microscopic buggers that you just get in contact with, they, they get ingested. And if you're a weak host, and I think this is the critical thing to point out, and depending on, you know, is it weak host, it's just, well, here's the line, you're now a weak host, or are there varying degrees of weakness? And that's the that's what makes it so interesting. Yeah, you know, exactly. It, so it's a combination, how weak are you, and how virulent is the bug? Mm-hmm. And what other bugs are already in there? Do you have a dysbiosis? Do you, do you combine? Do you have also have food sensitivities, and and all these things. Uh, and right. you know, like metal, yeah, it's a good metals. point. You can have two people go to the same foreign country and one come back with a critter hanging out in their gut because of how susceptible they are and the health of their gut. And it's amazing how easily these things are transmitted and you, you can't figure it out. Um, you know, I, I've been, I've traveled a lot and what I always thought was just food poisoning. I always thought it was just food poisoning. Like right. it's just some stuff on, cause it happens after you eat, you eat, you go back to your, uh, the room in the, on the ship or, or in the hotel, you know, wherever, and you start puking guts and yeah. both ends, you know, and things like that. And it's just, there's, there's some variant stuff that even if you are really, really healthy, um, it can be, it can get bad. It's bugs you've never seen before. Like mm-hmm. this COVID thing, you know, it's something we, our bodies don't have the antibodies for. We have no natural inoculation and there's no known man-made inoculation for, you know, vaccine. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, we're kind of screwed until yeah. we build up that immunity. I almost want to get it so I can get over it because I know I will in, in <laughs> I thought I already had it, to be honest. We, we're doing antibody testing at my office, so you can come by and get a test. Yeah. But yeah, I thought I already had it, but I was kind of bummed when I got the negative results. <laughs> but it's okay. I was like, oh. Oh, we don't really know what we're talking about with this virus long term, so I, you know, 
Yeah. Well, the antibodies might go away, and then you could get it again. But but generally, you're you're immune for for some time period. I think the antibody test is good. I've got the DNA test. I'm looking right at it over here to my left. I I ordered a half a dozen of them for my. I've got some elderly neighbors. Oh, cool. I'm just going to give it to them. That's yeah, and I just awesome. want them to, to have it. You know, um, they really sort of don't want to do it. Mm. <laughs> no, I think they're afraid of, of what they might find. Yeah, they just. Yeah, they. What are they going to do? You know, just yeah. survive. So anyway, I I want to know. I'm I'm getting ready to do one. Um, well, I got the we stick the swab up your nose, the PCR well, test. From what I have seen, the the swab uh, testing can have a thirty percent um, false negative rate. So if it is negative, you can have us do the antibody testing. We can compare the two. Well, my, my, now I also have some of the stool tests come up. Those, those are probably no better than a coin flip for an active. Stool testing uh, for COVID? Yeah. Oh, then because, yeah, for active, for okay. active, hmm. to, to be, have an active infection, you know, like later on to see if you've, you know, cleaned it up or got the antibodies. I, I think it's an okay test. Mm -hmm. they're, they're probably the more expensive of the tests. But I think the reason for those false negatives on the swab test is people aren't going up into the, uh, the pharynx, you know, yeah, it's they actually need to get a up there. test and no one wants to put it uh, past the turbinate into the actual cavity where the thing's yeah. going to hang out. They're just them. trying to get a little, a little nasal wet. You have to record a video it. of you doing it so we can all, we can all be yeah. in it. <laughs> Believe it or not, I believe it or not, I have one. When I did the nasal swab for Marcon's years ago, I, I filmed this. I had I had oh. uh, my doctor friend put that thing, and it goes like it looks like it's stabbing me in the back of the head. It's going oh. in so far. Ouch! Yeah. Well, you and are that, a risk taker. I mean, you do you do sh um, swim as sharks. I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk more um, SIBO. How are you guys testing for this? Are you seeing this a lot? Yeah, sure. You know, it's it's kind of a fad, you know, that came along lately. And, yeah, it um, is. It was candida back when yeah. in the 90s. SIBO's the rage now. I mean, I see it a lot, but I don't know. I think that there's other things to be looked at. Well, well, let's look at what else could be going on in the gut. Now, so SIBO is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, right? Well, if you have a dysbiosis, which we've been looking at for uh, I've been doing 20 years, and the guys who taught me had been doing it for 20 years. So that's at least 40 years, and they weren't the originators of doing the, this idea of dysbiosis. So you have more bad bacteria in the gut than good, or at least the good and bad are out of balance. Now, you really need that good bacteria in the gut because it helps break down food, especially protein, into the amino acids that can be absorbed and and go and do what they do. So um, th there's a simple test we, that I've been using for 20 years for bacterial breakdown of protein. And it's a urine test. It's really easy to do at home. Matter of fact, it just fell on the floor this morning, but I had it right here on my desk to show you. But um, now, now, so you can, you can test for bacterial overgrowth. And how is that different than SIBO, really? Mm -hmm. Because SIBO testing, the breath testing for the uh, hydrogen and, and uh, methane, um, they don't speciate. 
there's no way of knowing what bacteria you're talking about. You know, you can only sort of see that, hey, you've got a lot of methane, you've got a lot of uh, hydrogen here, so you probably have. That's the Malib's breakdown. It's the fermentation and uh, rancidification and putrefaction going on that, that creates ga these gases. Mm -hmm. So it, it, what's it telling me that I didn't know 20 years ago? Um, and then what is the, the quote-unquote treatment for it? And that's what I find with the SIBO testing. Um, I'm not. I'm not um, saying it's wrong to run it. You, you know, you get data on a person. It's always helpful. But as to what the real insights are, uh, you may already have them. Might be an easier, cheaper way to get those same insights about dysbiosis, and uh, maybe some of these more extreme dysbiosis. The the other thing, which is SIBO, and then of course there's always the um, idea with SIBO that it's actually coming up. Again, they don't speciate, so I don't see how they can sort of assure you that this is bacteria creeping up from the colon. Yeah. So yeah. bacteria, if it stays in the colon and you poop it out, that's a good thing. But if it's creeping up through the ileocecal valve into the small intestine, uh, that would be a concern. You'd want to get the ileocecal valve uh, and the nerves to it checked out, you know. Mm -hmm. um, there's there's energetic work, chiropractic for the nerves, and, and lots of things to do there. Even ice bags and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. You got to have a good, well-functioning ileocecal valve. But but yeah. um, other yeah. than that, I don't find it that insightful, and mm -hmm. I generally don't run it very much. Yeah, it's a challenge. It's a it's an area that's definitely a challenge. And um, even doctors who that's their entire specialty, they're still learning a lot about it. So you know, you know, I spent I spent ten years advising. I spent 10 years uh, on the clinical advisory staff for a lab that was running that test. So I only did two hours a week for the last five years, but it was every Friday morning. Mm -hmm. I was on the phone for a couple hours, like four back-to-back half -back appointments. And in recent, up, I just did that up until recently. And the number of SIBO consultations I've had with physicians who really they didn't seem to know what they exactly what they were looking for. They just suspected SIBO. And what they were looking for was a positive or negative. Do they have it? And then it's a matter of, you know, well, how do I treat it? What's the agent to use? What's the dosage and what's the frequency? And I would have to explain over and over again, I, I mean, to thousands of doctors that, um, look, there's a, there could be a lot more going on. This is a right. dysbiosis. You have an imbalance. You have not enough good flora. Now that could be caused by a number of uh, lifestyle factors or, you know, worse bugs than, than SIBO mm -hmm. um, or just biofilms, as you, you mentioned biofilms earlier, um, the funguses and obviously viruses and things. So there's a lot going on in that ecology other than do you have SIBO, yes or no, what's the treatment for it? Like what kind of uh, antimicrobial should I use and for how long? Mm -hmm. You know, just as if, well, you just kill those bad bugs. Well, what's going to grow back? Right. You know, I, I look at it as an entire ecology and environment. If you have a, I don't know if anyone will like this analogy, but if you have a really bad neighborhood, a ghetto sort of a thing, and you chase out all the bad people, the, the dirty people, and don't fix it up, they're just going to move back in, right? So that's kind of how it is. Um, you can pull the weeds in the garden, but if you don't plant some good uh, sort of naturally, you know, anti-weed type um, plants, uh, you're, they're going to come right back.
Mm. You know, and, and so it's a matter of nurturing and, and really fixing the whole ecology. So again, another reason why SIBO testing is, um, it doesn't give me enough insights yeah, that, I, that I can easily get from other tests. Right, yeah. exactly. Don't have it be like the whole thing. So um, question on constipation. That's a, that's a whole, I mean, that, that can be related to SIBO, like we talked about, maybe thyroid issues. Do you have any, um, besides that, any uh, insight into that or some solutions that you find that work well for people? You know, there's another part of the whole ecology. And of course, um, you know, you can go sort of upstream and uh, talk about the person's uh, diet and hydration mm -hmm. and things like that. You could also go upstream and talk about their mental state. People with constipation are very often just stuck in sympathetic mode. Right. In sympathetic mode, it slows down digestion. You don't get uh, the innervation. You don't get the uh, peristalsis. You don't get the, the activity and movement that you need. And if you combine that with other stressors, including dehydration and poor nutrition and and not enough fiber and, you know, all these things, you, you can get into a situation. Matter of fact, <laughs> I don't know if, it, you know, there, there's a funny story that I learned from a teacher when I took my very first nutrition class over 20 years ago. And they joked about that being one of the number one factors is just how well in terms of overall health how well how often do you poop and and the story about the one day who says oh i'm the old lady who goes i'm very regular every tuesday you're right <laughs> exactly i used to ask that i would say are you do you deal with constipation and i've learned you have to say how often do you have a bowel movement <laughs> yeah yeah how often yeah right and then then the one another story 20 years old a lady they they she was in bed she was just really sick and 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 uh a, a people all around the, the the bed and one says who's a massage therapist said do you ever need like k-n-e-a-d do you ever need do you need your bowels and she goes well i, I couldn't do very well without them could i <laughs> and and then everyone laughed including her and she laughed so hard that she had a bowel movement, you know. So, so, so there's there's a lot to be said for constipation, and yeah, it's a common symptom with thyroid and other conditions. But yeah, um, no, I think know, I the stress the case is, is so important to to talk about. I I mean, this might be TMI, but I notice on my days off when I have more of a relaxed morning it's a lot easier and the days where I'm going straight into the office and it, it's like, I have this go, go, go mode. It, you know, may not be yeah. as likely to happen as the other days um, on my normal routine. Right. So give yourself yeah. carve out time to uh, let your digestive system kind of relax and do what it's designed to do. Yeah, exactly. My, my, mine's pretty much attached to my uh, sympathetic parasympathetic mode. Yeah. I, I tend to be, you say risk taker. I'm very yeah. parasympathetic. I'm, I'm rest and digest. You know, it's feed and breed. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm just, just a, a laid back person and try not to get too excited about things, you know, but, but figure them out. And yeah. so um, it's very conducive to good um, elimination. You know, again, it's rest and digest versus the sympathetic, which is known as fight flight. You know, so if you're in fight flight, so, and, I, and I know that's what, I mean, other than the fact that I eat 
a good, good, well, in, in that, and I stay hydrated. Um, uh, I notice when I travel, I am a little more sympathetic dominant. You're worried about mm -hmm. uh, sleeping in a strange hotel and, and, you know, getting up in the morning and giving a speech and you're, you know, it's just, it's just a different environment. So you're, you're, uh, you're, you know, you're warning, your radar is out. That, that sympathetic dominant radar and it does affect bowel habits for sure. You yeah. 100%. I see that a lot for people yeah. who say, Oh, I'm totally regular unless I'm traveling. Yeah. Um, well let's on the topic of diet, what would be kind of like a day in your life of what you would eat throughout the day? <laughs> uh -huh. You know, I, I'm a protein, <laughs> protein fat guy. I, yeah. I love my, uh, my protein fat. I, I be, I'll tell you the truth. I get up really early. I get up before just about everybody because I go to bed at eight thirty. Mm. So I'm, remember, I'm a pair, I'm a rest and digest guy. I love climbing into bed and listening to my meditation tapes. You know, and they just put me to sleep. I'll listen to them all night long. I have the the fireplace going in the master bedroom and things like that. Now, I, is I it an actual tape? Up. You said tapes. So is this an actual tape? Are you that old school? No, that's my, that's my, no, because I, I say tapes because I still have a pager. I don't have four, you know, I just pager and I, I have tapes. I about getting a pager. I'm no. so anti my phone, but yeah. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. No, it's, 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 it's my phone. Okay. Gotcha. But they, this, just old, old language uh, creeping in there. Um, I have an old one too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I still play records, you know, like, Oh yeah, put, same. Put a, oh, the record. So it. so um, no, but it's it's I use I use an iPhone, but um and I love my climbing in bed with my tapes. But I get up really early, and I'll have a bulletproof coffee. I will tell you that I do, and I and I mm -hmm. love it. I cherish it. It it's it's a it's a ritual, and um, I also walk outside on my deck as the sun's coming up. I have a thirty five hundred square foot deck that overlooks mountains and a lake. You know, there's, there's nothing there. It's that's like twice and, the size of my house. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so yeah, with the, I mean, I thought you'd been out here. Um, I don't think so. Uh, no. Nick, well, as soon as this damn sequestering thing is over, we're going to have a party. I'm hoping yeah, by, I'm down. My, by Memorial day. Okay. May 28th, I think is, is um, around there is, is uh, that's, that's a great day to have a party because no one ever cool. has any plans. Yeah, that sounds so, awesome. So, um, yeah, put that down. You come out here to the, uh, to the, to the retreat. And um, I'm just saying I have my rituals. And so I'll, I'll wait a while. I'll do a little exercise walk. I have cut trails. Um, I live, my acreage is right next to a uh, preserve with no fence between. So I, I can walk right down in the ravine. And, and I've made some trails um, through this thing. I walk over to the lake and, and come back and I, I will check my email and things. And then I'll finally go in and cook some breakfast. And I like leftovers. I love leftovers. I always oh, yeah. put something away for I'm all about it dinner for breakfast. Yeah. It could be salmon. It could be steak. It could be sausages. It could be a lot of things. I always keep uh, some of the vegetables around. I don't do a lot of starches or very well on those. Um, don't eat any gluten. Don't eat any mm -hmm. dairy. You know, so um, pretty clean, uh, you know, protein, fat, and carbs. Mm -hmm. The real trick for people, the real trick is the ratios. 
Right. If I eat too many carbs, I get tired. If I'm and if I'm tired, I I eat some protein and fat, and it kicks me right back in gear. Mm-hmm. And so I find that I need to fuel up um, substantially, but I can go for long periods in between if I eat the right food. I can go like all day basically if I eat a good breakfast. Yeah. Or if I don't, then I need to eat lunch. But and then I can go all the rest of the day easily, including my afternoon workouts. I have a trainer come out to the house and uh awesome. you know yeah and I then you're that. supposed you to have a day with yeah. health as a priority i think that's that's beautiful it's a good example for people well nowadays i got nothing else to do except work <laughs> right. so i'll sit at this damn desk or i'll hit this button here i won't do it now but i can hit a button and it'll just it'll start to raise the table and it'll i got it preset hit that button and i just stand up and i'll work standing up I bring this oh, little mat up. We're, we're in the process of looking at a, diff, a new location for my clinic, and we want to have that for all the staff, have some standing desks. Yeah, this is a, it's called Uplift. Look okay. for Uplift. Cool. And, yeah, Uplift cool. desk, and, and they're they're not real pricey, and they're amazing. Well, that's, Again, that's I can a hit plus. a button right now, and it'll just go right to that predetermined uh, spot. That's great. I love it. Um, do you have butter or ghee or do you just keep it strictly dairy free? No, I'll do ghee. I do butter. Yeah. I'll, I'll say I, I, I mean, I cook with it cause mm-hmm. I, I love the taste of butter and it, it goes to a nice high temperature without burning. Um, I actually mix it with my oils. I like garlic oil, olive oil. Um, if you haven't cooked with, with, uh, with garlic oil and throw in a little butter, start Game changer. garlic. Yeah. Yeah. Put it in your coffee. That'd be weird. (laughs) Depends on how much you like. Uh, Yeah. So, um, I love that. And then, so just to kind of finish up on the gut topic, I love that you talked about the basics. That is key. That's foundational. You don't want to jump to the big guns if you're not addressing, like you said, the dress, right? Diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, stress reduction, and then we can get into the last, which is the supplementation. So what are some tools, some, you know, common um, maybe supplements or herbs that you are using for um, various conditions? Sure. Well, I think everyone should take some supplements just because the quality of food isn't very good. Even organic food doesn't have that much extra nutrients in it. Yeah. We all need the vitamins, yeah. the minerals, the essential fatty acids, the uh, antioxidants, the phytonutrients, there's trace elements. There, there's all these things that are really critical. Mm-hmm. And you genetically require them to be healthy. Your body needs them to function properly. Is that in your food? Well, that's a good question to ask. You know, highly processed food doesn't have a lot that hasn't been sort of added in in chunks, which isn't good you want natural uh again organic fresh produce and things like that uh our friend sean crockton says just eat real food things like that but still are you really getting all uh, so supplements can be used to supplement or augment or substitute for what's missing in food so number one you know the vitamins minerals antioxidants essential fatty acids and things like that um everyone kind of needs them then there's also people who are undergoing repair, rebuilding, restoring uh, a condition. Um, they might need to stimulate like their immune system. They might need support 
digestion with extra enzymes or HCL or you know whatever it might be. So supplements uh, you can substitute for what's missing. You can stimulate or you can support. And last but not least, you can even uh, self-treat with them. There's some amazing herbs and combinations of herbs and other ingredients that have been around for millennia, like mm-hmm. thousands of years that work. They're antimicrobial, antifungal, antiviral. They're, so you can, so I guess that's four or five different S's of supplementation. Supplements, substitution, stimulation, support, self-treatment. You know, th- these are um, the things that supplements do. So I don't leave them out. I, I don't sell any. I don't have my own brand. I know a lot about them. And, mm-hmm. and th- they can, again, enhance a program. You can't supplement your way out of a poor diet or lack of sleep or lack right. or overexercise right. or um, too much stress. You can't sub- you know, supplement your way out of it. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys, have, mm-hmm. you know, p- people have come and said to you and to me, what can I take for this? What can I take? You know, it's like, oh, man, it's just such a take this for that approach. It's, I it's depressing. It's boring. And it doesn't make anyone better. There's a lot of supplement companies love it, but um, and I love some supplement companies. They make really good stuff, but it's you got to be judicious. You got to know what what you're taking, why you're taking it, and and then dosage and frequency come later. Yeah, um, so so true, so important. I you know I won't I won't uh, reveal who it is, but someone in my immediate close family. It's that's how it is. It's like. Hey, Lo, what should I take? I got to, you know, I got to get back on my supplements. And I'm like, maybe you should stop drinking or reduce how much you're drinking and stop having fast food. And the basics, yeah. you know, and it's, yeah, you, know, you do as you can. I, I, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, Lauren. You know, the people have asked me this, what can I take for this and that? And I said, why don't you take your wife out to dinner? You know, um, like. Like, you know, take your dance. What should I take? Take your wife out to dinner. Take take, take a look at your your workout schedule or your Mm. take a look at your diet. That's what you can take, take, you know, um, before you start popping pills of any kind. Amen. Boom. We will end it with that. Reed, thank you so much for being my guest. I so appreciate you taking the time and, and also just the thousands of hours and you know, people you've impacted with all the work you've done. It's, it's really remarkable. Um, thinking outside the box, not having, you know, not, not being a doctor stop you. I mean, just really being a trailblazer. So I acknowledge you for everything you've done and everything you'll continue to do. And, and thank you so much for being with us. Thanks a million, Lauren. Uh, mutual respect much to you for all the good you're doing as well. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love and I'll talk to you soon.